1: Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell.
2: And this Peyton Jones.
1: And we're only starting our podcast seven minutes late. That's like a new record for us.
2: Yeah, but it, it doesn't
1: affect you guys. Don't worry. Yeah, you, You'll you still want to turn us off in about five more minutes. <laughs> that long, Pete? We must be getting better. <laughs> well, it's not that we're getting better. It's just that we've become a math pastor. was oh, I was, I, I, I was going to try and roll I, right into the commercial, but... That's
2: awesome, hey, Pete. I, uh, you know, I gotta say, it frustrates me to no end that I am not a math pastor. Really, what have you been doing to help yourself out with
1: all of that payroll, accounting, um, uh, what else, insurance, website, all the administrative stuff?
2: Well, Pete, I actually went into ministry so that I could do all kinds of tax documents and uh, compliance, and uh, you know, accounting. I really thought that that would change the world if I could just do those things for Jesus at a what? church. <laughs> but I I realized since that I'm really only gifted at preaching Check, and, and counseling and evangelism.
0: Mamma mia, and,
2: and, that's a spicy meatball. So I decided, Pete, that what I should do is maybe give those things over to somebody else who's you know really good at them, and that's their calling in life. And I found, Pete an organization that'll help me do that. What's it called? Well, I'm glad you asked, Pete. It's so simple. It's Simplify Church. Simplifychurch.com. They actually help me simplify what I do so I could focus on the things that I'm called to. Say my name. (laughs) Simplifychurch.com. Come on, best Simplify Church commercial ever. It really was. And it was probably our cheesiest one ever. We just make this crud up as we go, right? Hey, they're I never the same.
1: I, I know this actually has nothing to do with the commercial, but it's a good segue back into Smack Talk. So I bought the Chewbacca underwear.
2: Yeah. That you found hey, on. You know, I was going to say, um, you know, for the third, fourth week running, let's talk about your underwear.
1: Well, I, I bought it that you pointed out to me on Amazon. And the whole day I kept coming up to Jamie going, <laughs> <"Warrr."> <laughs> <laughs>
2: She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm Chewbacca. Were you like pulling your pants down or were you just walking around in your underwear all day? I don't think we should get into that. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture you turning your backside to Jamie, dropping your drawers, bending over and going. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's what I meant.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, we have to get all of our smack talk out now because this this podcast is about to get serious.
2: It's about to go off. It's it's about to to get all kinds of non-PC. You and I have got some really stupid friends on Facebook. Oh my gosh, dude. I can't Okay. So let, let's just let's just jump into <laughs> it, shall we? I
1: didn't I meant to like kind of whet their appetite. I didn't mean to get you started on it already.
2: Oh man. I I you know it's so funny because I don't post political things because I just think everybody's stupid to begin with. You know, kind of like that meme. I was talking with Pete earlier in the week about this meme where it goes, can people really be that stupid? The answer is always yes.
1: <laughs> you know, here's the thing when it comes to all the politics and stuff. The only thing I really post on Facebook is that I can't stand either candidate. yeah, And I get harassed nonstop because I don't support Trump. Trump. It's, it's like amazing. And then yesterday I read a post by, uh, Coleman luck. He was on one of our podcasts. I can't remember if it was church planner or hardcore. If it was, it was back in the day. I think it might've been one of the first hardcore episodes. And, um, he wrote a really great piece yesterday on his Facebook post. He goes, you know, I equally, uh, for lack of better term, slam Hillary and Trump. Because I think they're both just vile, and I mean, he's he's a he's a Hollywood writer, right? So he can really make these things very descriptive. But he's a hardcore Christian. I mean, went to Moody, um, he, he, very involved in his church. I mean, he is a hardcore Christian. And um, and he goes, but I got to be honest with you. Whenever I say stuff about Clinton, all of my non-Christian friends who are liberal or progressive, as he calls them, um, he goes, they don't harass me. He goes, but when I say something negative about Trump, all these Christians come out
2: of the woodwork and just go off on me. And Because it's, it's almost in a weird way, and, and we know this. We've talked about this before. There's this marriage between Christians and the Republican right wing that makes no sense because neither party is really speaking for Christianity. And I know people always default to abortion. But here's the deal, guys. No president has had the backbone to do anything significant on the abortion issue since Roe v. Wade. And that's just a fact. Nothing significant has been done to reverse that decision by any candidate, regardless of what promises they make during election time. And that's when we've had uh, a conservatively appointed Supreme
1: Court, a Republican um, Congress, and a Republican president. We've had the trifecta. And nothing has happened yeah. to abortion. So don't yeah. give me this whole, well, if we
2: get the Republican in there, it's going to stop abortion. Baloney. Yeah. And and that's a problem when politics is really uh, less about doing the right thing, um, including Bush. Bush didn't – he didn't change it. They didn't overturn it. Republican Congress, Republican president, they didn't do it. And uh, here, here's the deal is I think – that somehow people are equating um, Christianity with Republicanism. And, and I just simply do not because there are other issues. Both parties have issues that I believe in. And it, it, what would be interesting is to sit down one day. Um, if if you're in turmoil over this or, you know, you're hearing what we're saying, you're going, man, you guys are are kind of jerks. Sit down and make up. a a political party that would truly reflect the kingdom of God. Um, Write it down. And I think you'll be surprised when you take New Testament principles and make a party off of them that you realize why Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this earth, because it does not work, right? And so what you're left with, and and by the way, I am not going to vote. I mean, if there's a third party there, I'm all in cuz I at this point am not happy voting for either one of them. I am definitely not a democrat and I am no longer a republican. But here's the deal, neither one represents me. And and guys, here here's where the, the even going into that is sidetracking. But here was what I put up here and and it, this is the 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 picture. It says and I'm going to I'm going to read it straight off here and then I'm going to read a couple of the comments off of my Facebook posts. And the reason why I'm going to do this is because on issues of social justice, the church should lead the way. I don't have hope for a lot of large established churches because the money rolls in from the constituency that Pete and I were just talking about. Um, I know of universities that are theologically liberal Every single professor at the university, I know this firsthand experience that some of them are theologically liberal, which I'm ai am a theological conservative, but because the money comes from evangelical uh, supporters, the university president will always default to an evangelical position so he can keep getting the money yet hire liberal professors. This is the game that's played. So from our big church pulpits, we hear the party line toad. And even if it makes Christianity a mockery of what it really is, rather than being a radical kingdom underground movement that challenges groupthink, that actually turns kingdoms upside down and subverts them, we become this big, uh, just inverted um, religion you know we can criticize in church history you know what the church has done in the past but we repeat the same mistakes every time we marry ourselves to politics and so the reason i'm bringing this up today is so many times the church throughout history including the civil rights movement was on the wrong side and when i say the church i don't mean the black church i mean the white church for the longest time <laughs> was on the <clears throat> That's what we call a conductor who hates you. (laughs) It it was on the wrong side of social justice issues, and I believe we are today. So, for example, my, my opinion is that the church ought to be, and church plans ought to be leading social change social justice, just like it did in the civil rights move. If you want to go back in in a time machine and say over the past hundred years, what was the best example of the kingdom of God coming on earth? What was the best way where it filtered into everyday society? And I would say through the black church in the 1960s, Martin Luther King Jr., uh, peaceful protesting, um, rising up together uh, preaching forgiveness and love in the face of their enemies, asking their enemies to pray for them, literally standing face to face with white sheriffs and saying, "Can I pray for you? Will you pray for me? i've I've got a recording of uh, of a conversation like that and the and the white sheriff is is clearly claiming to be a Christian, an evangelical Christian. And he's saying, "I will not pray for you, boy, you go into your church and you pray to your God, but I bet your prayers don't even get over your head. And and those kinds of statements and that kind of attitude was normal in the church. Today, I don't think we are equated with social change. I don't think people look at our stances on social issues like this, justice issues, and think the church. Now, there's a radical bunch of people that you don't want to mess with when it comes to social justice. Instead, the world— and, and, and as you mentioned, our, our, our liberal friends, you know, people maybe on uh, the other side of the, of the political spectrum from, from the mainstream Christianity, they get it. And they're like, hey, this is wrong and someone needs to make a stand. But we politicize over our political parties rather than saying, what would Jesus be for? Would he be for protecting injustices because it's the establishment? Or would Jesus be for uh, allowing the kingdom of God to filter through like it did in the civil rights movement? And that's the question that I think we need to ask today. So um, what else happened to you this last week? No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so so here's, here's the meme. And um, it's, I don't think police should murder unarmed black men. And that is somehow a controversial opinion.
1: And I was blown away by both your uh, – now, you've got more friends than me on Facebook. I'm I'm, a, I'm only like at 600 or 700 <laughs> friends. you got like <laughs> 1,500, 2,000. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But neither one of us have maxed out our friends. I don't actually accept everyone's friend, friend request when they give it to me because half the time I don't know who they are. I'm like, I don't know who you are. Why am I friending yeah. you? Yeah. Um, Unless I see they're a church planner or whatever. Then I'm like, okay, maybe they listen to the show. Maybe they're the one listening to the show. (laughs) And um, I was surprised. Not after
2: today, Pete. Yeah, no
1: kidding, right? I was really surprised at how many uh, white people were. Okay, we're talking about clearly what brought this up is the latest cop shooting of an unarmed black man with his hands so far above his head they could not get any higher it's not possible to put them any higher and he's shot and killed yeah and it's like are you out of your mind how are you going to justify this how can you possibly justify this cop killing that man and yet people are still finding a way and i was like astonished That it was happening, and it was happening a lot on your um, your feed. And then I actually had a guy pop up on mine, and and uh, I thought he was someone I knew from years ago. I actually thought he was a Mormon. Um, I don't believe it was the guy who I thought it was. So I'm actually not even sure who the guy is and how he made it onto my feed. And so you know, he just went off about how you know it's not controversial, and you know more people have been shot for being non-compliant, and and just. Like all kinds of nonsense, and so because I was like, okay, I don't think this is uh, the dude that I thought it was. I'm not going to antagonize this, right? Because I want, I want to, I want to have an opportunity to talk to someone, right? I want to develop a relationship, and and who knows what'll happen on down the line. But I'm not looking to like pick fights and drive people away from God, right? That's not yeah. my point. Right. Um, but when we've got dumb, dumb sounding dumb, dumb arguments from Christians, I am going to pick a fight with them because you're telling me you're a Christian. I'd rather take it offline or I'd rather take it into a private chat. But yeah, you know, it's like, look, I you, you claim to say one thing and then you're saying something that's just absurd. And, and I was, I was actually astounded. I was, I was astounded after what happened this last week that people are still like, oh no, it's still the black guy's fault.
2: Yeah, and that that's what happens in the, when it comes to this whole thing. Like let me just read this comment again. I don't think police should murder an unarmed black man. And that is somehow a controversial opinion. It's just everyone should agree. I don't think police should murder unarmed black men either. Like what's so hard about saying I heard everything yesterday from what's the term murder people have a, a problem with to um you know, I, it's like on black guy, killings that are worse. Like, I,
1: saw, I saw one guy going, um, well, was it premeditated? Like, that has anything
2: to do with it? Like, if it's premeditated or not? Premeditation means first-degree murder. There it is second-degree, third-degree. It's still murder. They're going and, after and the legal
1: terms. Screw the legal terms. Absolutely. Dude's dead. I don't care what the legal term is.
2: Dude is dead. So, so then what happens is th- this is how you boil down a lot of what people are saying. It it comes down to this. Oh, those stupid black people! There they are. They're just mad again. Those stupid blacks, you know. And, and and what's a problem is that this response from the white community is what is hurtful to the black community. So and 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 I made a statement at one point. I said, look, because I don't debate online. Like you said, somebody somebody took personal offense, and I said, hey, call me tomorrow, and we'll talk about it. Because I don't troll. I, I'll answer reasonable objections and things like that, but I, I'll never on Facebook go into, you know, kind of like Paul says, have nothing to do with a foolish and stupid argument. But but here's the deal. this is This is what's concerning me. If the majority of Christians I know, rather than just simply saying, this is a justice issue, that man should not have been shot. Or, or, I mean, maybe people don't like the fact I said that I don't think police should, should murder unarmed black men. Maybe I'm supposed to say everybody. Everybody starts arguing. Why not just hear the pain that the black community's in, your, your fellow brothers and sisters that, that are oppressed often and are treated differently often, whether you want to accept that fact or not, and just, and, and I have been in the inner city. I have baptized people that have been shot to death in the back six times. I have witnessed this. I have watched people in my church be treated differently for the color of their skin. I have seen all of these things. I have children of mixed race. I have people within my family, my, my, my extended family that are black and I have long, extensive discussions with them, black Christians, Christians that are balanced. And these are issues. What concerns me more is not even that, that, that there's a lack of sympathy, but an almost violent opposition to statements made from the black community that this could even possibly be an injustice when it was clearly an injustice. If that is how we are representing uh, Christianity to people, then we need to be careful. We need to be really, really, really careful. If you ever read the book of Isaiah, um, God, when he mentions to them their crimes, one of the biggest lists of crimes that he mentions to them, besides idolatry, is the oppression of the poor and the underprivileged. And God goes into this big litany of offenses that were committed by Israel against those that were uh, on the lower economic side of things. Now. The, the the statistic is that the average white person, the average black person, that the average white person's net worth is 69 times in America, that of the average African-American. Well, immediately people are going to say, well, why is that? Right. Um, and, and basically it boils down to this. Um, it's their own fault. They can't get over the past or boom, boom, boom. Look, if you're born into these neighborhoods, if you're born into some of the places where I've planted churches, you have no idea until you've actually gone into them and been a part of them and spoken with people and understood their heart, their attitude. They don't sit around going, hey, don't trust Whitey, fight the power. Um, These are people that have a lot of love in their heart but have a lot of obstacles to overcome. Sorry, I'm I'm ranting. No, I said this well, was going to be a conversation.
1: Yeah. No, here's the thing, though, man. Um, I think uh, this was honestly the opinion I got this last week after seeing the absolute absurdity of people uh, trying to justify this. And, okay, you could say we don't know all the facts. We don't know what was we said. Well, frankly, we're never going to know because we're always going to have her opinion. There wasn't a recording of what she said to him or what he said to her if there was anything, right? We don't know. But we can see from we can see from the helicopter, right? You remember the helicopter pilot? He's like, oh, yeah, that looks like one bad dude. Seriously, how can you tell that from freaking up in the air looking at a dude with his hands up? That was literally, Absolutely. he's black. That looks like one big black dude is what he should have said. Because that's yeah. what he was thinking well, one big bad dude, one big black dude. The same thing to him, clearly. And and um, I mean, I just I'm looking at this, going, okay, why is everyone still trying to defend this? And this is all I could come up with, because it has finally reached the point where it's like everything that we thought—that uh, cops aren't really like this. That if you get shot by a cop, you deserve it. Mm-hmm. is finally being exposed as no wait a second it is different for black people they yes. are being treated different and and it's like but wait a second no i got i gotta defend my position that you know if you just live right because if i live right i'm okay i don't get in trouble with the cops
2: that's and- it is it it disturbs our own security and feeling of safety and let me tell you something people do not like When they're feeling safe and, and things are neatly ordered in, in their own little boxes, people don't like to even say, hold on, maybe the system that we're in is not okay. Remember how you, you, you heard about, um, remember the matrix. He makes that point in the matrix that, um, he says, most people don't want to be woken up. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Because, you know, Hey, I got my life. Um, kind of like radiohead saying years ago, no alarms and no surprises, You know, um, don't don't alarm me. Don't wake me up. Don't don't disturb my slumber. But here's here's the idea: is you know, one of the underlying issues of this whole thing is that on on the part of the police, the underlying fears, stereotypes, and assumptions made by police officers who approach situations like these cause it to lead to a different outcome. So this would be the argument of the Black Lives Matter movement: is that when a police officer approaches a black man, like what you said about what the helicopter pilot from hundreds of feet away from his video cam, you're looking. Oh, that looks like a bad dude. You mean he's black? That's the only thing you could see. He's big and he's black, but and he's got his hands up. Like you could colored, also see he had his hands up. He had his hands up, and and so and he was moving slow. He had his back turned to the officers. Um, on on and on, and and here's the deal: is that that outcome is different for a black person than it is for a white person. She shot out of fear. She was afraid because he was black. There are stereotypes, there are um, uh, assumptions, all those things that in a way are kind of like a premeditation. This is why the, the Black Lives Matter movement is saying we're, we're being treated differently. And guys, even if you don't, believe that i do believe that because let me let me tell you right now if you're gonna pull me over today and say hey peyton you get a choice you can either be a black person pulled over today or a white person i'm gonna tell you i want to be a white person dude being pulled over yeah straight up absolutely don't pull you know like uh, that's a really easy choice for me um but if i'm pulled over today um you know not not only is that uh super important to me but um I lost my train of thought
1: about being a white guy getting pulled over by the cops as opposed to being a black guy pulled
2: over <laughs> yeah, by the cops. I don't what, I was, what I was leading into. That was kind of an aside. I lost my matrix. you point. know
1: and, but I will say this it is different in different parts of the country. There's no doubt about that in my mind. I, I shared on one of our last podcasts, um my best friend from college, uh, he was the groomsman at my wedding. Um, you know he's he's a he's a black man, really, really black, like dark black. Uh, he's got two brothers, he's got a sister, uh, you know, obviously the whole entire family's black grew up without a dad. And I've, I asked him about the whole, uh, racism thing and what he, has he experienced? And he was like, I'll be honest with you. I haven't experienced much of it. And he was like, but I think that's because of where we live. We live in California. It's a little bit different out here. It's definitely different out here than it is, which is not to say that there's no racism out here, right? That's not to say that he just hasn't experienced much of it. Um, but at the same time, and and I told you this, I go, there are certain parts of the country. I would not want to be your daughters. I would not want to be your daughters with, uh, with the dark skin being part black and, and going on the freeway. Uh, I mean, some of the things that happen, it's just, it's astounding to me. It's absolutely astounding. I think a lot of people still have this, this mindset that, you know, government is good. Our our, uh, leaders are wholesome, they're moral, they are there for our our best intent. And man, my eyes have been exposed to this over the last few years, that it is not that way. Um, One of my buddies, I haven't even told you this, I don't think, uh, one of my really, really good buddies, I just talked to him this week, he's going to go to jail for two to five years for a crime he did not commit because Mm. he was forced to plead. He was forced to plead. If he didn't plead, he probably would have gotten 12 years, even though they had no evidence. And they even said we got no evidence, but we got Mm. unlimited resources. We're the government. We're going to fly in people from all over the country. They're going to make all the jury cry, and you are going to jail. Mm. It was like, how do I tell my 11-year-old? And I I remember, because I read every document that happened with this whole thing. It's been going on for years. It's a long story, guys. We won't get into it. But I remember going, wow, they don't have to tell the truth. Like, the prosecution doesn't have to tell the truth. It's only they have to prove it in a court of law, but they can claim whatever they want. Yeah. And my mind was just like, okay, the government is there to win. They've got people who want to get a promotion, who want to go to the next level in their job, whatever yeah. it is, and they will say what they need to say, do what they need to do to get that promotion, even if it means you going to jail or, in this yeah. case, you getting shot. And it's like, okay, so that started me down the path of going, okay, this is just, there's some things going on here that just are not right. And my buddy's white. I mean, he's as, as white as they come. But, uh, but that kind of got me started looking at all this going, okay, if I can see the government doing that to this guy and you're looking at what's happening with some of these, uh, uh, black folks, oh my gosh, dude. Uh, I mean, where do you go when, okay, as a white guy, if I get into trouble, I call the cops. Where do you go? If like, you're afraid to call the cops cause they might shoot you. Right. Um, Last year, I think it was last year, maybe it was earlier this year, there was a dude, there was on video, he's laying on the ground, right, as a a black man with his hands up, and he gets shot because he's trying to keep the cops from shooting the kid who had autism.
2: I mean, what is going on with these people? I'm sorry, I went off. No, no, it's great. I'll shut up It makes me feel good that I'm not the only one going off all the time. Um, So, you know, getting back to this, like I've heard – I've heard everything on my post from you didn't mention women as a black man, black men. Um, <laughs> here's, here's a video that says that, you know, here's, I'm going to throw out some facts that say how bad black people are, that they kill each other all the time. The 13% of the population, 50% of the homicides are committed, which by the way is not true. That's a made up statistic. Um, but you know, all, all of the uh, all the deals like so um uh, 23% of the people shot by police are black men. So I get all these videos thrown at me, mm-hmm. it still doesn't address my meme, which is I don't think police should murder unarmed black men. And that is somehow a controversial opinion. The fact that white people are throwing up all these other arguments just drives a further divide. In our country, these are black leaders, and the black leaders in the church are saying to the white leaders, why won't you speak up for us? Why do we have to raise these things ourselves? The average deal is because the average white person is is thinking, you guys are just, you're creating this racism. You're making it an issue. It's not an issue. That's what they're hearing us say. I'm not saying that you guys out there are saying that. I'm saying that's what they're hearing. They're hearing a lack of support. I've had black friends online saying, where are the white leaders at? I'm hurting right now. Why are you guys not speaking up and speaking into this? Because I'll tell you what, if I put something that's funny on my webpage, if I put something uh, about my family on the, on the website, in fact, the post right after is about my daughters in the hospital. I got a million people uh, commenting And liking, but man, I tell you my, my meme on the black man, unarmed black men, I don't think police should shoot unarmed black men. Take anything else out of that black man, uh, murder shoot or, or, or whatever it, there should be no issue with that statement. Unless guys, there is an underlying issue in this country. This meme highlights the fact there is an underlying issue. If you can't simply agree with that statement, there is an underlying issue in America. And to me, its I, I almost didn't post it because I was ready for the backlash from the white community, right? But I posted it. I made the final decision. I'm posting it to show support for the leaders of the black community as a Christian white leader to say, we will stand with you. And guys, that's what they need. That's what the black community is asking for from white leadership. Please stand with us. Just show unity as the body of Christ with us. Because we're in these communities. We are trying to put the pieces back together. We are trying to get our people to respond in a godly way. But we know from the civil rights movement, until the March to Selma was televised, white America had the same responses. Why don't those blacks just stop being so uppity why don't the why are those blacks always so angry? You know, we treat them pretty well. Um, that's what was happening. The same exact you could rewind the tape, the same responses are being given uh today by my white friends as they were in the 60s. You can you can watch Man on the Street interviews from white America back in the civil rights and hear the exact same things. If they would just stop killing each other, maybe, you know, the 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 they wouldn't be living in ghettos. All of the same crap. That people are saying Martin Luther King Jr., the black church in America, they embraced the gospel and it led to social change, right? That's what we need to do today. Guys, I'm asking you to maybe follow in the footsteps of Jesus and Paul and Peter, who racial reconciliation was a big deal. Jesus, when he tells that parable, the Good Samaritan, it is it is to confront, amongst other things, racism. What Jesus does is he has all the religious people walking away like they don't care. That's what's happening in America. Religious leaders are passing by these situations on the road. Somebody has been wrongfully mugged and robbed and killed and left for dead on a road. In this case, it was shot by police. And religious leaders are walking past. I don't want to get involved with that. Jesus says, then a good Samaritan, by the way, um, that would be like saying, um, in in this uh, situation, um, it, it think of uh, like t- in today you'd say like a a Muslim, right? A um, a, a member of the Taliban came by, and so Jesus was trying to get people to look at them as people, stop seeing race as the key thing, and what we're doing right now is we're making by opposing these statements by Black Lives Matter. We are making race the main issue. And that's what's hurting the black community further. What Jesus did in telling that by putting a shocker in there that the good guy was a Samaritan, was he saying, see them as people. Stand with your brothers and sisters right now. The first thing to happen in the Jerusalem church was there were race issues, right? Right away, the Hellenists and the Jews, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, that there was a fight broke out. Then, uh, I mean, just a podcast a few weeks ago, we talked about, you know, multi-ethnic congregations and not planting just uh, ethnically centered congregations as a long-term, um, you know, means of integrating the church, creating multi. If you start with a an ethnocentric church rather than a multi-ethnic church plant, that's only a short-term solution. It's not going to be a long-term solution.
1: You know, we need to get uh, Derwin Gray back on because – I really want to hear what they're doing in their church right now with all this going on, because they've got a yeah. very um, culturally diverse uh, church and family. I mean, he's married to a white woman. <laughs> I
2: mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, really, on this podcast, I mean, this is all raw. I was in the hospital all day watching my my Facebook kind of set on fire. And, um, <laughs> you know, so, you know, we, this is I got on today and I say, hey, man. We're we're doing it. And you knew exactly what I'm talking about. I'm like, we're doing it, man. We're, 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 we're jumping right in. So, uh, you know,
1: I don't know, man. It's just, it's insane. It's insane. I would not want to be a black man in America today. I really wouldn't, you know, um, interestingly enough, there is a, uh, um, there, there's a show that Jamie and I watch. It's actually really funny. Uh, though it's probably inappropriate, everybody, so please don't go out and uh, uh, rent it. It's called uh, uh, Brain Dead. You ever heard of it? Did I tell you about it? No. Well, bottom line is one of the main characters is black and one of them uh, a black man and the other one's a black uh, woman. And uh, they're getting pulled over by the cops and you should see the dialogue between them. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like... I know how to be a black man pulled over by the cops. Right? Because he's just like, I've been through this before. I know what to do. And they're trying to make light of it, but I'm sitting there watching that, going, "Yeah, but you know, this is exactly what goes through every black man's head when they're getting pulled over, dude." Holy cow! Your 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 conductors are hating you today. They're like, (laughs) really are? What the heck? My gosh. But uh, yeah, anyway, you know, and I saw another video too, and, and this was, uh, I'm sure you've seen it as well. This is the one where the, uh, the, the black guy runs several stop signs, the cops are chasing him, he races to his house, he goes in his house, the cops go in after him uh, to get him, they tase him, and uh, then they pepper spray his uh, 84-year-old mother. Do, have you seen that one? Yes. Pepper spraying an 84-year-old woman. And of yeah. course, you know, everyone goes, oh, well, they edited the video. There's 40 seconds in between when they ask her to do something and she does it. Look at it from her point of view. She's at home. You broke into her house. Yep. And you want her to just submit because you've got a badge on? There yeah. are literally documented cases of, of uh, cops serving search warrants on the wrong house killing mm-hmm. um you know their dogs killing I don't know if anybody's been shot personal or you know the, the person's been shot but they broke into your house now they have automatic immunity as as uh you know being a um, a, a servant I don't know if they're considered a, a, a servant of the court at that point but they've got you know immunity from making quote unquote mistakes but think about it from their point of view someone comes bursting into your house I don't care what they got on them a badge or what? Dude, those are fighting words.
2: Yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely, dude. And and so here's here's where we're at. Um, <laughs> the 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 last the latest thing on my Facebook was somebody. I, I just said, hey, you know, agree or disagree with this statement? I mean, we went everywhere from I didn't mention women to, um, you know, uh, I, I finally said my post: agree or disagree with this statement. And the the last statement before I just simply wrote amazing was by agreeing, am I saying it's okay for them to murder other ethnicities? Like I I just I honestly just can't get the resistance to acknowledge that it's wrong for someone to do this. And if you're upset that um, the discussion is about Black America, why are you upset by that? Right. Are are you are you feeling that you're being personally accused of racism because you're a white person? I don't see that happening. Um, What I see happening is the black community is saying, hey, we're not being treated equally. And if that's hard for you to hear, just be glad you weren't around during the 60s in America, because you probably would have felt the same then, too. And if that statement offends you, I'm sorry. Because right now, what I think is really happening, guys, is kind of like what you hinted at earlier, Pete, is that we are actually in a time period where we thought that we were further along than we were. I think a lot of the healing in America, quote unquote, has been surface. I believe that legislation made people behave. Now, I don't think a lot of my friends walking around are racist they hate black people or they are uh you know overtly i don't i won't have my daughter marry a black man i hear people say stuff i guess discussing um i have a black daughter i don't care who she marries but here's the deal um, you know she's marrying
1: luke you, we've already had that talk
2: i, I don't know which one of your daughters is, is
1: marrying luke but one of them's is marrying luke <laughs>
2: Hey, man, all I can say is, you know, you, you will not have glow in the dark grandbabies and that'll be (laughs) awesome. That'd be a good thing because, uh, the, the glow in the dark babies are totally boring. You need some brown skin babies. I'm just telling you. So here, here's the thing though, right? Um, I believe that what's happening in America is anytime healing really happens, you have to go deep. I think what's happened is we've gotten past the surface stuff. We're starting to get into the deeper issues now. And that's annoying people because they want it to just be a surface fix. They want it to just be slap a Band-Aid on slavery, slap a Band-Aid on the racism. Guys, it was only 50 years ago that the civil rights movement happened. There are people walking around today who can still remember that grandma or grandpa got lynched or beat to death. That's not that long ago, right? That, That grandma and grandpa got beaten to death for being black. In the wrong part of town or doing the wrong thing. Um, some of the, the leaders of the civil rights movement who pioneered that are still alive. We're not that far away. This is during some of our listeners' lifetimes. Um, I was born in 73. Um, it, it definitely was after my time, but it wasn't that long after my time, right? It was, it was less than or before my time. It was less than 10 years before my time that the civil rights movement happened. It was legislation. And you don't legislate attitudes and emotions and thoughts away. You legislate how people are forced to behave. I think what's happening is we're getting to the heart of the issue here. And if Christians who are meant according to scripture to lead in racial racial reconciliation, if we can't exhibit that publicly, I I I just think that we are um, we're having uh, uh, major issues.
1: Yeah, I think we both just saw what someone posted on your Facebook, <laughs> <laughs> and it's still going. Um, you know, interestingly enough, what do you think of the whole Kilpatrick thing that's been going on? Educate me. He's the, I think I said his name, Remember, right. I don't have TV. I know I was a little bit worried <laughs> about bringing it up is a
2: source of all truth.
1: He is, uh, he's the, uh, football player who's been kneeling during the national anthem. He says he won't stand oh, for the national yeah, anthem. I missed that whole thing. Explain that to me. Well, I mean, he was just his, I, well, let me be frank here. Not a sports guy. Don't know anything about him. Apparently he's about ready to get cut anyway. So he's like kneeling during the national anthem. And of course that offends everyone. Right. You know, because you're supposed to stand during the national anthem and um, show respect. And he's like, hey, until America gets its act together, I'm kneeling during the national anthem. So then it's spurring now more black people are kneeling, and now we've got whole teams, black and white, kneeling, and blah, 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 all this stuff. And so that has just created all kinds of, uh, of drama uh, in, in, in the social media world. And I honestly didn't have an opinion on it one way or the other. Um, I think one, I didn't know if he really, if that was his real reason for doing it, or if it's like, look, I'm about ready to lose my job because I'm not a good football player. So let me see if I can get a little bit of a notoriety somewhere so I can maybe get picked up by another team. I had no idea, right? I, d- I don't follow sports, I don't know the dude at all. But interestingly enough, I thought the best commentary on this. Uh, was ironically by a guy who I do not respect at all, (laughs) Jesse Ventura.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Like, I don't even... (laughs) You know you're in bad territory where you're agreeing with Jesse Ventura.
1: But but to be frank, he had the best commentary on it. Because the thing about, for those of you who don't know about Jesse Ventura, more than just... You know, the uh the ex governor Body Ventura. Yeah. Uh, besides being a wrestler, besides <laughs> being in the movie Predator, uh, besides uh uh being a uh an ex governor of uh it was Minnesota, right? Wasn't that where he was a governor of? Michigan, one of those it was one of those M states. And um but he was also a Navy SEAL and uh and served in the military. So he went on off-
2: forget that about him.
1: You do forget that. I mean, that wasn't like just serving in the military. He was a Navy SEAL, right? I mean, he was special forces. And uh, and, and one of the things that he was, his point was, he goes, look, I'm not going to say whether I agree with him or not. That's not the point. He goes, but you can't uh, legislate patriotism. He goes, you know who tried that? Hitler. <laughs> like, you, and he, like, he brings up all these correlations between you have to be patriotic and And that being forced on someone, he goes, patriotism is earned. You can't demand it. You have to earn it. And obviously, he doesn't feel like the country's earned it. And I got to be honest Mm -hmm. with you. That put everything into perspective for me. And I was like, you know what? He's right. I mean, I didn't really have an opinion on it before. But patriotism is something that has to be earned. You can't force it on someone. It's almost like forcing Christianity on someone. You have to do. I mean, that doesn't work right it's got to be yeah. something that's that's coming from within them and so if he's got an issue uh with the the country and wants to kneel during the national anthem dude whatever i mean that's his deal yeah,
2: yeah i i find it i find it interesting that we're maybe it's just that okay now i'm, I'm clearly annoyed and angry um by this but i i think i'm more annoyed and angry about the anger that I see coming off of white people when the black lives matter, um, campaign, um, says, Hey, support us, you know, acknowledge there's some injustice here. That's really what they're asking for. I, I find it amazing that we fight about everything rather than just saying, yes, there's an issue. Let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Um, I just, I, you know, I, I kind of see it as like America's addiction, America's pastime, favorite pastime is to be angry about stuff, to fight about just about everything. The last time that I can remember Britain being angry and I lived there 12 years and I mean really angry was the Brexit. That's where they fight. It got nasty in Britain over the Brexit. But um, but uh, you and, live and, in other and, parts and, of the world, and, and they're not just, always angry at each other. Their Facebook pages aren't always on fire like this. And and doesn't a Brexit just sound like a breakfast meal
1: at like McDonald's that I really want to go get right about now? It sounds like a British breakfast
2: cereal. Like I would Meena like a, a Brexit, please. Uh, Brexit. Make that, Brexit uh, crunch.
1: A Brexit with cheese?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have a McBrexit.
1: It's <laughs> so With what it sounds Browns. like to me.
2: Ooh, Supersize it. Mm, have a supersized Browns. Brexit meal. <laughs> we think we're funny. We do.
0: It's times like this I wish I were a religious man. It's all over, people. We don't have a prayer. Ah!
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and
1: that, of course, Guys, was the reverend here's,
2: in the background. Here's your assignment today. I know we've said a lot of provocative things, and you're probably – as provoked listening to what I've said as you are by um, probably the people on my Facebook. And you know what? I I knew that going into this. But sometimes you just feel like, you know what? I have to speak. I, I can't just not say anything on this. Because when the world is leading the cause on civil rights over and above the church, hey, in the 60s, at least the black church got it right. At least the church somewhere was leading uh, the cause for social justice, which I don't think anyone looks back on the civil rights movement today, um, other than if you're a you know, uh, you know, part of the, the white Aryan brotherhood or a neo-Nazi movement, and says, you know, that was really a stupid thing. That shouldn't have happened. The, the civil rights movement um, was one of the best things to come out of the 20th century in America, just hands down and it was led by one portion of the church white people joined in like i said after they saw women getting beaten on live television once the the march to selma happened it actually highlighted what was actually going on these videos right now are highlighting what is actually happening in america okay we're beginning to see What's actually happening? You can throw facts and figures and statistics, your false ones or your true ones. It doesn't change the fact that black America feels it is being treated differently. And by the way, guys, statistics can't prove in any way, shape or form that a cop is going to act differently towards a white suspect versus a black suspect in the same situation. So you cannot answer this argument with statistics, but what you can do is you can come around the black community and you can say, we hear you, we're listening, and as the church, we want to help you lead social change. I'm tired of Rage Against the Machine having all the good lines. I'm tired of other places, the church, or for those of you the Republican, the Democrats outshining you on this because they do, Okay. And if you think, oh, here we go again, the political machine, it's all a bunch of propaganda. You know what? It should have been ours. It should have been the church. People should not be afraid of the ACLU. People should be listening to the church going, I know if I commit social injustices, it's the church that's going to challenge me because we're all made in God's image. And dang it, those people believe that. And they look past the color of your skin, even your sexual orientation. Guys, when we had the the whole thing about discrimination against people of different uh, sexual orientations, the church should have been leading the way on that, saying, hey, we're not for homosexual practice, but dang it, you know, we are for equal treatment of people regardless of anything else in their life. And and, and I know that's another bombshell, but uh, you can be conservative theologically, and yet you can— in a democratic society, lead the way as the church is say, "But you know what? We're going to pioneer AIDS research because gay people are suffering and dying uh, from AIDS, and we're going to lead the uh, AIDS research on that. We're going to champion." The unfortunate
1: part is, like some of the things that you're saying,
2: you know, I controversial. Still,
1: well, I remember back in the '80s, I remember Christians saying, "Well, that's the consequence of sin. You know, you're now reaping what you sowed." You had homosexual sex, and now you got AIDS. Well, you deserve it. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that was the mindset in the 80s.
2: Yeah.
1: And and I think one of the things that you hit on that we really need to make sure that everyone um, is hearing from this is if you're planting a church and your point is to reach the lost in your community, and you've got... Any other nationality other than white people. You need to to understand the struggles that they are facing, whether or not you agree with them, right? I yeah, you could say, Hey, you know what? I think this whole uh racism uh towards black guys is is bunk. You could still say that. I mean, it's your choice, you can have any opinion you want, but it kind of doesn't matter because if it's their opinion. That's the only one that does matter, right? They believe that. So if you don't, you still need to come alongside them. If you really want to reach them for Christ, you need to come alongside them and go, you know what, I understand that That uh, this is a, an issue that you see. How can I be a yep. friend to you? How can I build a relationship with you? Really, you have to get away from yourself and your own opinions and just say, you know what, I, I need to get I need to get away from my own opinions
2: and just, you know.
1: I don't know if I'm even making any sense, man. You're
2: making total sense, man, because really at the end of the day, I, I it boggles the mind to me to think that somehow, and I've seen this in different walks of life, that we have placed anything above our witness for Jesus and our witness for Christ. I, I think because I was a missionary for so many years, I, I just learned to think, how does this make Jesus look? I walked across the street and got my head beat into the ground because— by a by a prop forward rugby player, because all I could think was, in a case of road rage, hey, you know, he's seeing me walk into this church here. Still don't know what I did to make him make him mad, but um, you know, it's my witness for Christ. I'm concerned about right now, so I'm gonna go over there and tell him, hey, sorry, I'm a stupid driver. I'm an American. He still beat the crap out of me because he was, you know, in a steroid induced rage. But given the choice. <laughs> I wouldn't get within arm's reach, but I'd still cross that street to let him know, hey man, I wasn't trying to be a butthole or a jerk. Because like I said, I don't know if I cut him off. I don't know if I turned without signaling. Mm-hmm. To this day, I don't know what I did on the road. I was learning to drive in Britain. But but witness is so important. Um, consider when you go back and watch the tapes. I shudder when I watch the tapes of Christians being interviewed during the civil rights movement. Um white Christians, because the stuff that comes out of their mouth, it's their blind spot. And guys, we have our own blind spots. History will one day look back on this and we will listen to the Black Lives Matter. We have no idea what social revolution is coming next, but I can guarantee you that these things will be recorded and they will be recounted in future. The responses and who led the social reform that needed to happen. You know, we know that in the case of, um, amazing grace, the movie about William Wilberforce who abolished slavery, the church led the way reluctantly in Britain, but they led the way to that social change. And we need to be leading the change socially today. And, and, and if that's all you hear me say today, let me close with this story. That'll be enough. A few years ago in refuge, long beach, I began to realize, um, of course, part of it, again, I adopted my daughter and I started seeing things through her, her, her eyes, or at least I encountered racism different. Um, I remember being in a pub and watching, um, somebody, uh, say, um, in, in, in public, like I I was with my church plant. Um, I was with the guys, uh, we had had a men's retreat. And one of the guys was getting married and he said, hey, we need, to, um, we need to go to the pub for my bachelor party. So can we do that during the retreat? We'll go to the Wales versus England rugby game in a pub. So we did. And I went there and uh, as we were sitting there, um, one of the guys yelled a racial slur at a member of the the England team who scored a point. Now they are wearing kilts and when you when you go into a pub, if you see guys wearing kilts, that's usually a bad sign. You don't want to mess with those guys, You're usually very drunk and very violent. And, uh, something snapped at me when he said it. I don't, I don't remember getting up. I don't remember walking over to the guy, but all I know is I walked over to him and I'm, I remember in my mind trying to control myself, but I walk over to him and he's with like four or five of his buddies and you know, my size, right? I'm not big but he was sitting down and I walk over to him and I meant to put my hand on his shoulder. And I, I, I guess I did it kind of hard. I didn't mean to do it hard, but it was like, I was controlling my anger so much that I guess I kind of like manhandled him, just kind of whacked him on the shoulder and gripped him. And I just said to him, my daughter's black. And if I hear that again, I'm going to come back over here and we're going to have words. And he just looked at me like kind of stunned, you know, and, uh, which is unusual because I, I, I should have been on the ground. He would have kicked the crap out of me. I'm not trying to pretend to be a tough guy here. (laughs) Um <laughs> yeah, I can
1: attest. You're not.
2: <laughs> you know what? I I I've had enough anger in me and in, in 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 my past where I could hold my own, but but what I can tell you is I'm I'm a lot more realistic these days about my own abilities. And uh mm-hmm. but but situations like that in the past have got me into trouble. And uh and so you know I, I went and sat back down. Meanwhile, all my guys, I mean they were they were all newly saved, saved, but dangerous, but they, uh, they were ready for a rumble, man. But all I can say is on the way home, we talked about it on the way back to the retreat center. And I, I just said, you know, I said that the thing is, is, is all it takes for this kind of evil to succeed. And this is a famous quote is for good men to do nothing. It's all it takes for evil to succeed for good men. Just to say, it's too much for me to get involved. A few years ago in refuge, Long Beach when, uh, I don't remember which kill I don't, I don't remember if it was a Trayvon Martin case or whatever it was, but I just remember it was one of those and Pete, you were there and we were meeting outside on the benches at that time and, uh, at the schoolyard. And I remember just praying into the hurt. I mean, you know, a good chunk of our congregation was, was African-American. I was feeling their pain that day. Um, this is not a, a theory. It's not a subject. It's not a topic to me. It's people. And I've lost people I love and care about um, due to wrongful police deaths. Um, when you plant in the inner city, you will. You will experience these things firsthand. And the the point is, is that I I just remember praying into the hurt. That's all I did. I didn't pray into the rightness or wrongness of it, but I prayed into the pain and the hurt and the confusion. That I felt coming from my black brothers and sisters, and I have never in my life gotten a standing ovation during a prayer, but that happened that day, and it just—it hadn't occurred to me how meaningful it was to people in my congregation under a white leadership in the inner city, how important that was to pray that prayer. And guys, I would even say to you um, this Sunday, if you're if you're just able to pray into it to maybe not toe the party line of the white middle class republican but maybe actually pray a prayer a prophetic prayer um with compassion and you know looking at god's heart that racial racial reconciliation every tongue tribe and nation you know try that see what happens this sunday Mm.
1: I dig it, man. I dig it. You know, the other thing, too, about that that prayer that, that you did back in the day, and I think it was Trayvon Martin, some of those people lived through the civil uh, rights movement. Yeah. That was that generation, because I remember some of those people. So, I mean, for them, it's, it's you know, I, I remember hearing one time this guy goes, what do you think happened when the Iron Curtain fell? Do you think all the people who believed in communism just said, oh, I guess it doesn't work? Because, of course, they still believed in it. And they just, you know, biding their time. Well, it's kind of like the same thing with the racial issues. Do you think everyone's heart just changed because all of a sudden, uh, you know, uh, everything that happened in the civil rights movement? No, it's still there. There is still deep-seated racism that needs to be dealt with. Hatred. Sin. There's sin. Just bottom line it. There's sin Mm. that needs to be dealt with. And we need to realize that there's sin and realize that there's hurt and just share the gospel and, and be a comfort to our neighbor. Yeah, man. Be a neighbor.
2: Yeah. Amen, brother. That's a good word. And that's a good word to, to end on man. So, uh, you know, guys, um, thanks for bearing with us. Um, (laughs) if you, if (laughs) you (laughs) if there's any hope for people to see this, uh, issue rationally, guys. We trust the church plant community, we trust church planning. We don't expect you can agree with us on everything, but you know, take it as a sign of respect that we came to you with this. But as well, guys, we had to say something today, and we make no apology for that. But, uh, you know, hey, if you agree with us, great, if you disagree with us, fine. Just don't be a bonehead on the internet about it. That's all. So, <laughs> today, this has been the Church Planter Podcast. And, uh, oh, wait, wait, commercial. Oh, um, you, you know, remembered. I saved it. You remembered. <laughs> well, hey,
1: let me ask you a little something, Peyton. As you're at your church and you're offering people the opportunity to give out of their generosity, cheerfully. Do you give do them I an use? option other than PayPal?
2: Why, well, I do, Pete. In fact, uh, I don't even need PayPal anymore. What? I use MoGiv. What? I use MoGiv. M-O-G-I-V. .com. It is a cheap and easy online giving system, platform, whatever you call it. Built specifically for the needs of new and growing churches. <laughs> and ungrowing
1: ones, Pete. Head on over to MoGiv.com forward slash church. And get your church signed up right now.
2: Well, this has been the Church Planner Podcast today, reminding you, if you want to reach the ones no one's reaching, you got to do what nobody's doing and go where nobody's going (laughs) and then do what nobody's doing. Did you
1: forget our own tagline? I did. All right, guys, we'll talk to you later. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com.